Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path. We know the obstacles. And we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Vigero. So guys, welcome back to Breaking Barriers. Uh, I'm extremely, extremely excited. With us, we have Kim Wan up today. Thank you, Kim, so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. And and one of the cool parts, so I had to literally, there's there's so much I feel like you've done in your career, but for people who don't know, you know, obviously you are a set director um, and decorator. some notable stuff. Oh, I'm sorry, a decorator. I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> I I'm wish reading. I could be a director. I could yeah. direct everything, but. <laughs> you could if you wanted to. Sorry, yes. uh, dec decorator is what I meant to say. Um, and some notable stuff you've worked on uh, that we've seen is obviously The Good Place, which I absolutely love. Oh, I sweet. love, love, love that that show. Me and my wife literally binged it. It was amazing. Um, Veep as well as Fanboys. So um, <laughs> for people out there who are like, who who are you? You know, what is it that you do? Like, you know, the, the on the set decorator. Talk about that for us, please. So a set decorator is anything on the screen that you see that isn't nailed down, basically. Mm. I pick the, the furniture, the lamps, the drapes, um, all the smalls on the desk, everything, pictures on the walls, all the art, uh, everything like that. Anything the actor is holding that would be props, that wouldn't be me. The walls that are standing, that would be the production designer and art department. But everything in between is me, so... My job is basically to make sure the character is uh, on the set before the actor gets there. Wow. So, so first off, that's how did you get involved in this? Like, how did you start doing this? I'm a total film and TV dork. And I was definitely that person in your class when you were like, hey, what's that show? And I'd be like, Price is Right. So, so I'd always... <laughs> know like what everyone was talking about um and i went to school for interior design and just kind of tried it i knew that it the art department existed but i had no idea all the levels and all the jobs um that are that are in the art department and set decorating so i came out to hollywood with a little money <laughs> and uh worked my way up and it took me took me about five years to get into the union and to get decorating but Every position that I worked in um, helped me get the next and definitely let me um, learn the process of, of how filmmaking and television, um, how it all gets done. So it, it all helped. It just took, it seemed like it took forever, but you know. Yeah. Well, listen, first off, cheers to your journey and you're not giving up. I mean, obviously it's not easy five years in and, and getting after grinding. I'm sure it wasn't easy the whole way there, but What's so interesting, though, is like being an interior designer, being uh, somebody who loves film, loves movies and stuff, and incorporating two things like like that. Yeah. And now, boom, that's what you're doing. What was the first set you've ever worked on like that you were like, boom? Uh, that made me know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. So I wanted to be a production designer at first, and I was coordinating on the show Philly which I'm from Philly. So I was like, can you please hire me? Cause I know details. So I stalked the production designer to hire me. And what the coordinator is, is kind of like, I hate to say it, but like kind of like the secretary, you're setting up the office, you're making sure drawings are going out. You're, you're the right. go between. So um, I was in that position and I saw them put up the wall. I saw them draw the whole sets. I saw them put up the walls. I saw paint go in there and age them. It was like, 
gorgeous. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like in heaven. And then the next day, the set decorator, Marianne Biddle, had decorated it. And I was like, oh, well, now I know who lives here. Now I know who this character is. Like, the walls are great and everything, and we need them. But it's not till, to me, the set decoration gets in there till the character's there. So it really was a light bulb moment. And I had already, like, paid money into that union. I had, like, already had my path. And I had to kind of start over again to get back and to get on the path of decorating. Not too much, but, yeah. So it was wow. a light bulb moment. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, really, that's really cool. And so with... Now, how does it work? So I have a lot of friends who in different ways have, have tried to break into Hollywood, whether it's through editing, on set, you know, uh, being somebody who's kind of like the assistant or like, you know, the the, the coffee runner and stuff for, yeah. for the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what advice would you give somebody who's trying to break into that world? Like I love the one thing I love that you said, like clearly you have persistence and you don't give yeah. up. So you said was, you stalked you stalked the one person oh, yeah. and you got in front of them. So how did you go about doing that? And any advice for people who are trying to break into that world? Well, I think stalking 15, 20 years ago is different than now. I don't know if you can get away <laughs> what I did. Um, it's a different world. But you have to be the squeaky wheel. You have to be memorable. You have to, it's not who you know, it's who remembers you in that right. time of need. So you have to have the skills. And hopefully the timing comes up and, you know, it's not all luck. It's it's really being prepared for the next job and everything. Um, being a PA is really hard and you have to, you have to juggle a lot of things and, and get a lot of things done. And, and um, it's a lot of hours. I mean, I used to work like 20 hours sometimes being a PA. And it just, you just have to think like, all right. I got to, how am I going to move on? How am I going to, who do I know? And it's a lot of networking. Who do I know over there that maybe I'm interested in? Like for editing, just if you're on a show, then try to see if you can sit in with the editors. See if you can ask just to sit in or just ask them some questions. Um, and unfortunately in the business that I'm in, there is no clear path. Um, on my podcast, I've interviewed so many people and that's one of the things i always ask how did you get into this because i can't tell you to do a b and c because it's all different every department is different i don't know how to get in as a composer i don't know how to you know we're all sort of separated in that sense but i think i think the thread is really being diligent and being prepared for your next job and wanting it and really striving for it and a little stalking <laughs> 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 a little stalking never hurt nobody, right? No, no. People lightly stalk me. I'm fine with it. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's flattering. <laughs> I love that. Me. I love that. And so has there, so, so some of the questions that we got to ask you um, from, from some of our followers and fans. Um, so one we have uh, here is, so what was like your biggest starstruck moment and do you still have them? <laughs> the biggest starstruck moment I ever had was meeting Brad Pitt. <laughs> hands down. Um, and I was only in I was only in LA like eight months and I was working at an interior design firm and um I went to a showroom and he was there picking out fabric with I'm assuming his designer. And then um I asked for his autograph, which is the only autograph I've ever asked for. 
And then um, like a half hour later, I had to go to a different showroom and I was there and he walked in and I said, are you following me? And then he didn't answer and like made a beeline for this. Oh. <laughs> so, I was like, oh my God, he thinks I'm stuck. I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the one for me that has always been the biggest. I see, it, it used to be like you'd see people like I've seen actors next to me in a parking lot, like eat a sandwich. Like I've, I've after, over the years, you just kind of forget. But there's always like, if my mom really likes someone, I'll be like, oh my god, I just saw Kevin Costner. And like you know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's cool. Now, do you find yourself? Because obviously, I'm sure when you're working and doing doing what you do best, like you run into people like this. Now, do they ever express like? oh, I hate when people approach me or I hate when that happens in public. Like you ever get that sort of feedback from them? Well, there's there's definitely stories I know of where you're not allowed to make eye contact with certain actors. Wow. You know, um, you know and, and you're told that as the crew, like it's it's weird. It's super weird. And, you know, I don't know, maybe that's just their process. They need to be tunnelized. They need to be, you know, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning for that. And you hope it's not what you think it is, but right. You know, there's definitely people that you're aware of that. Oh, I'm so glad I don't work on that show because I don't want that actor's input. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Things like that. I never, I don't, I, I used to think, God, I should really, I should be up there with the actors and ask them like, what do you think yeah. of this chair? And where, you know, it's your character. It's your, you know, right. would would they really have this? And I got fished my wish once and um didn't go well. So I've learned never to really ask the actors what they think. <laughs> Just go right for it. Yeah. And then, you know, if they say, like, I really I which they usually don't, it's they're so caught up in like their lines and the scene and with the director and lighting, you know, our our job is to you know, invoke the feeling of of the scene or or the character in the room. So, our our job is usually really appreciated when we get there, and it's really nice to hear, you know, when actors sit down and they open up the drawer and I've put in you know special pencils in there or written post its for them and everything. So, it really helps them, I think, get in get into their character for the scene too, and that's the job. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, another question we have, let's see, is, okay, sorry, we have a couple here. Um, which one would be better here? Have you ever, okay, do, do you have like a most proud set that you've created, worked on, that like you think about even today where you're like, wow, like that was my favorite? I... I really fell in love with doing the White House on Veep. And um, again, I just did the show uh, impeachment, um, the uh, impeachment of Bill Clinton, American Crime Story. And so I really, I know it's so dumb really, because as decorators are like, oh, you're doing the White House, oh, fun. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of the same furnishings but through different decades. And to me, that's like crazy that these beautiful pieces of furniture can be reused for each administration. And then each administration has a different look. So I really, I really enjoyed doing it. Um, 
one of the things too is you have to do a lot of research and you you know you're trying to get this the right clock on the mantle and right things like that so for me on veep we did the green room of the white house and i had a week to do it and i'm really proud of my whole crew and myself of just um being resourceful and utilizing and i mean i even got like the like almost the perfect dishes to put in the cabinet like we really just did an amazing job on that green room so i always i always think of that as like one of my favorite sets that's amazing and and honestly i've always wanted to go to the white house so when you're building it at the end of it, like people look at you like you got it like you did it i know and our oval office was only off by like six inches like it was pretty legit wow. like everything that we did on veep was like like really legit so and on impeachment i mean you know a lot of times shows are impeded by the stage space and everything but a lot of hallways a lot of little offices the roosevelt room and i've never been to the white house on veep they took um they took the designer one season and the writers and i was like well if anybody should go it should be me <laughs> hello <laughs> hello i'll take a free trip to the white house it'd be awesome yeah. but so but i've never been there but i i'm not lying i've spent almost the last like six years studying the white house so wow <laughs> pretty good every on detail because in your role details are everything right yeah yeah details the pens that they use the artwork the framing the lampshades i mean it's all you know it all builds to the character of the room so i love and and before we started this podcast obviously i noticed your 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 background wallpaper and i was like wow that's awesome so like one of the things, one of the questions that we had here too, is do you find yourself like over decorating your own like personal space in your house, in your home? Like, is it decorated like crazy to the nines because like this is what you do or do you find yourself no. being? <laughs> it's, it's, here's the thing. I, we moved a, a year ago and we did a lot of wallpaper and for anyone just trying to make like an easy move do a, do some wallpaper because it takes the pressure off of like getting your art up or anything and i really didn't put up artwork or anything on wall like there's nothing on this wall back here there should be um i didn't put up anything for almost a year i kind of enjoyed the wallpaper and the white nice walls because my whole day is putting art up or you know what i mean like my whole day is decorating so um I also think like, oh, I got it right the first time. I don't have to redo it. <laughs> so <laughs> it would, and it would take a lot of money to keep doing it. I don't have the kind of budget that I have <laughs> on TV shows. So it's kind of, kind of the opposite sometimes where I've been to decorators houses and it's like minimalist and mm. you've been to other people's houses and they're hoarders. So it's a lot, it's, it's a big swing there for people. I think I'm in the middle. <laughs> what decor, like what what genre of decor would you say your your place is uh we tried to do like a like a modern deco this mm -hmm. is kind of like 60 this is a little like 60s ish in this room um office slash uh, guest room but yep. we tried to do some deco and and the wallpaper is very geometric and um in this Goodbye. room and in others yeah so that's what we we tried for. I don't know if we achieved it because you just accumulate things. It's yes. easy. To, it's easy to be a character on TV and everything matches. Right. But you're always gonna have like your grandmother's 
something and you're like, oh, I don't want to get rid of that. You know, sentimental pieces are better sometimes. I you agree know? with that. I totally yeah. agree with that. So, so, okay. So before we, so we have a couple of things to, to crush before we pop off here. So you mentioned early Philly, right? So obviously super yeah. close to where we are. My sister lives in Philly. Um, nice. And so, so one of the things that I get super curious about, right? So when you were taking the plunge, like I'm freaking going to Cali, I'm going to do this. Did you have like your friends, family run around you like, Kim, you're crazy. You don't have to go. Or like, did you have other support? Like, how did that whole thing go down? No, I had no support whatsoever. <laughs> that up until, I mean, I worked on Wheel of Fortune pretty early and my parents would watch the crawl to see if my, you know, if my name was on it. Cause that sort of validated that I had a, had a job, but, but, but seriously for like, at least 10 years they'd be like are you ready to come home now like are you done out there and i'd be like well i'm on a sh i'm working i think i had an a, an illusion that i sold them to is like all i need to do is get into the union and then like once i'm established i can come back but it doesn't really work that way because it's a different union so i'd have to i'd have to redo it but also um there's more out here than anywhere else i mean there's a lot of production in atlanta New Orleans, Albuquerque, Pittsburgh is really is is usually kind of busy. Boston's busy right now, but right. Um, always New York. But I think at the time, because I convinced my best friend because she wanted to act, and I was here a year before her, and she said, "What do you think? Should I come to LA?" I said, "Well, there's seven shows shooting in New York right now, and there's seventy in LA, so you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Your odds are better out here." So. But right. no, I mean, supportive of like, you know, I love you and everything. They were great. But as far as like, no, it's kind of a joke. Are you done playing around out there? That held on for a long time. <laughs> wow. And do you ever have any plans to come back to the East Coast? Or are you happy you're staying there? You're never coming back? Um, no, I visit. It's nice. Like, the, like you cannot beat the weather here. There is uh, never an excuse not to do something because of the right. weather. Right. I don't even remember. I don't, I have no idea last time it rained. It's amazing. But um, I don't, I miss the people. I miss the vibe. I miss, um, I miss Philadelphia. I went to, I was in college in the city and it's such a great city to be a part of. It's such like a little New York and right. the food's great. So I do miss my family and I usually come home like twice a year. Okay. So you do come back pretty yeah. often. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I have, I have a buddy out there. Um, and he, I think he's been out there for about four or five years now, but he, him and his wife took the big plunge, you know, she supported his dreams to go out there and, you know, go do editing. And now he's doing some pretty big shows and stuff, but it's like taking that jump and taking that risk to leave your friends and family behind. That's not easy, but boom, yeah. you know, now you're out there, you're situated, you're in the union, you know, you're making moves. Um, yeah. so congrats on that. That's really cool, Kim. Thanks. Editing's good. You know, he can work a lot non-union too. I mean, once he yes. gets like editing's a real like like a broad spectrum of what you can do. And you could a lot of times you can work from home. I have two friends who are editors and they work from home. So as long as you know Avid or whatever they're doing, you know, right. and you have the connections, you don't have to be union. And sometimes you make more money not being union, but you don't get the health care. So it's like, uh, you know. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. Yeah. So you want okay, to be so, healthy or not? <laughs> yeah. Need need your health. Need your health. Yeah. Um. So talk to us about the decorating pages podcast. So how long have you been doing this? What is it about? Who comes on? What's the gist there? 
I uh, I started it five years ago, but I started it and I like a month later was pregnant with twins. And so <laughs> thanks. And and I was starting the last season of Veep. And so I did like five episodes and then I was like, I my head's gonna explode. I can't really <laughs> I can't handle this. So I came back to it a year later and um, you know, I I really wanted to push what we actually do because I get it all the time. Like, what really is your job? And again, like I'm my parents call me like a, a set designer. They call me a set director. Like it's not there's so many positions when you watch the credits on something. It's, it's a lot of people of, uh, to take to, to get shit done. So it's to me just a matter of letting people know what we actually do. Some of the great projects that people get to work on um, to talk about like favorite shows. I'm totally a, a dork about it. I I really pursued people who did movies and TV things like Harry Met Sally or E.T. or anything like I reach out to these people because I want to hear the stories about films that inspired me. Right. And so my, my hope is to inspire any like young filmmakers and everything, because it's not just about being a director or writer or an actor. Everybody wants to be those. Right. But, you know, editing. And I just interviewed my first composer and I was just blown away. Like when you really focus on music and you're watching something, because I, I love it. I'll, I pay attention to it as a viewer anyway, but to watch this guy's work, it was really great to see, God, how did he know how to do that? And how did he convey that emotion without words? Like, so, and in editing or cinematography I've, I've done, um, it's just basically to get out information about the craft. And I was really lucky during the pandemic because everybody was home. So I really pushed a lot of <laughs> interviews in that time and I've been able to keep it up and keep it going. Um, when I'm working, like now I do maybe like two a month. And when I'm not, I try to do three or four. Okay. But um, I love it. I, I, I really love meeting these people because it's really hard also to meet other people in my industry because you're on your job and then you go to your next job and yeah, you meet people on your job, but I don't really meet other decorators. I don't have another decorator on my show ever. Nice. So it's also a way just to like, you know, reach out to, to peers and, and, and appreciate their work. So I've yeah, really enjoyed yeah. doing it. And I've had, I've been very lucky to have like wonderful production designers and set decorators on to, to speak about the craft. That's amazing. It also obviously expands your network, which is awesome too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. So anybody, yeah. anybody listening in, definitely go check that out. Where can they find that? Is that on all major streaming platforms? All, all, hopefully all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it right. I don't know. I'm the only one doing it. I don't know. <laughs> I, it. I, don't know. <laughs> um, I know it's on Apple. <laughs> I know That's that. Important one. Important it's one. on my website. No, actually, if you go to my website, it has the tree link of of all the podcastings that I'm on. So that, that's also easy. <laughs> okay, cool. And where can they find you for that? Where's the website address? I'm at uh, decoratingpagespodcast.com. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. So now we get down to the last two questions. So this is very important. Right. And ready. this is where, it's where we get deep here. Okay. I'm in. So let's do it. So, okay. So do you want to go with the hard question first or the easy one first? Hard. All right. Right to it. So mm -hmm. 
one of the things that that we love to do so a lot of times on this podcast which you've done so well at, at exposing and putting out there you're just a great example of uh you know working hard not giving up on your dream you know being persistent making the right contacts and so one of the things that we push out here for people that are listening in that are entrepreneurial or are looking for drive or motivation or some sort of education um the biggest thing with breaking barriers is we want to show people how to get out of your own way through other people's experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it helps push you along a little bit better. But one of the things that I like to do, I started doing this probably like two years ago, was I remembered, um, you know, I didn't go to college. I started adapting social my agency out of uh, out of high school. And mm -hmm. my last high school project that I will never forget, it's like burned in my skull, is literally this project where my, my history teacher goes, all right, we're gonna reverse engineer what most people do in life, which is we're looking from your feet and where you are on the ground today to where you want to become the mother you want to be, you know, the, the professional you want to be, so on and so forth, right? So he said, a lot of times we think onward and, and it's very few far between that we look actually backwards at our legacy from that place backwards. So one of the questions that we ask here is if you were to be producing the content on your gravestone, which is the one thing that surpasses us forever on this planet. Um, what would that read? You know, there's things like loving mother, you know, a hard worker, this, that, whatever. Like, what would that read? Because again, you're reverse engineering where you want to be, who you want to be seen as, all that great stuff from a high level um, backwards. So if you, if you were to write that today, knowing who you want to be, right, what would that say? Nailed it. <laughs> 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 she, she came and she conquered. <laughs> Nailed it. I don't know. Um, I, don't, um, I mean, first and foremost, I hope it says uh, loving and adoring mother mm -hmm. uh, to Leo and David, um, caring and, and a loving wife to David, and decorated the hell out of it. Let's go. <laughs> shredded every decoration that came in her way. I love it. Got it. It was shredded. Nailed it. Nailed I it. Love I, don't it. Know. I love it. I, I think I think the confident I think going out with confidence. Yeah. I love it. You came here, yeah. you came here what you uh you know you accomplished what you came here to do. And mm -hmm. uh, and nailed it. I love that. Um Thanks. now second one a little bit easier. Um, even though you kind of made that one easy. Um, but so, um, you know, most people find quotes or adages as things that help them or they have a, a certain adage or quote that they love. Is there one that sticks out to you and specifically on career, professional growth, hard times through those things that you, that were, and it could be, it could be like a Kim original, right? Like, or, right, right. Or well, quote. I think, I think I already said it in a sense that it's not who you know, it's who remembers you. Mm. And I think that I, I've learned that through my career. Knowing someone doesn't mean that they're gonna think of you for that job. And right. I think again, like being the squeaky wheel is always a good thing. Not annoying, but just enough to let everybody know like, oh, they're in the room, they could help. Like they, mm -hmm. they're there. Um, I really, I do. And you know, I've had, uh, assistance over the years and the ones that stick out to me are the ones who are self-starters who come into the room and say hey can you do you need anything like can I help with this or um, 
you know, I don't know how to read this. I don't know how why you get this schedule like this. Like asking questions, it, there are no stupid questions. Like everyone right. had to learn somehow. Um, in this particular business that we're in, everybody had to help someone to get into this into the union to get them started. So I think it's it is an underlying like feeling in in this business. You got to help people come up. So. Be the squeaky wheel. Let let people know that you want to come up. Let them know what your path is or if you're wondering what position to have. So I would think that. I think be memorable and be squeaky. I I vibe with that so freaking hard. I think that's right. such a great, great way to personify something that I just like the other day I was in I was in the store grocery store and I had a squeaky wheel in my cart and I felt like the oddball out. Literally because everybody made every time made turns like like yeah. it was so annoying but like thinking about the way you're saying it i think is so impactful and i know that you know from my buddy who's who's out there in, uh in la now um who i feel like the community of people that are in the film industry and around it um there is that like come up uh vibe yeah. I feel like that's that's out there which is so cool to see um but thank you that's awesome i love that uh definitely one of my top five favorites that i've heard in the five years i've been doing this um oh, and Jen, thank you. Me, that's really fire. Um, and for people out there, I want to make sure they know where to find you, you know, social, website, or even if for some crazy reason, if somebody who needs decorating on a set listens oh, to yeah. this, where do they find you? What's the details? We have the podcast, decoratingpagespodcast.com. Yep. Uh, the IG is decorating pages. My personal website is kimberlywanup.com. Mm -hmm. And my IG is kimwanup. Um, that's it. I mean, I have Facebook, but I'm too old for Facebook. I don't get anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old. I just joined TikTok. I don't know, I got like go. three. I got like three followers. It's really embarrassing, Let's... but I'm like, I gotta do it. I don't know. Everybody's watching TikTok. I gotta get on this. <laughs> hey, it's three real people, though, right? So yeah, it is. It is real people. That's what's important. <laughs> That's what matters. That's what matters. Yeah. Um, yep. But Kim, thank you so much. Uh, you thank know, you, John. Thank you. Yeah. Our perspective here is just time is the one asset we don't get back. You know, you have two lovely, beautiful boys and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, you have, you have a busy day over there. So I appreciate you taking the time for our followers and listeners. Um, there's been so many golden nuggets that you've shared today with us through your journey. Um, and, and thank you for sharing it. And again, thank you so much for your time. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed this and uh, it was a good time. Thank you.